This is a recording from our sermon from Light Church in San Diego, California. For more information, please visit lightsandiego.com. Hey guys, how are you? You having a good night? Yeah? Well, uh, you look good. I mean, I can't really see you, cause, um, but I'm assuming you look good. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, I don't know about, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Out there. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think church should be enjoyed, you know. I think you should have fun. I think that you could smile and laugh in church and doesn't just have to be this thing where you kind of have to endure it, but you can enjoy it. And everybody said amen. amen. Um, man, I'm so excited uh, to be here tonight. Um, I was at the uh, 4 o'clock experience, service, church, gathering, whatever you call it, community, Jesus, people, um, moment, 4 o'clock um, here. And it was awesome. It was amazing. It's awesome to see what God's doing in this house and uh, I've known Benji and Jen for a very long time, 15 years. I, I will just say this. I'll start out by saying this. I am 31 years old, and I don't look 31. I look like I'm 19 years old. And um, I say that because I want you to listen to the word, uh, not from a 19-year-old, but from a 31-year-old, okay? <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, some of you are spending your money on uh, essential oils. I got the anointing oil. It's just kept me real. Anyways, all right, praise God. So uh, let's get to the word. No, um, uh, Benji texted me last night. He was like, "Hey, um, so we have like two microphones. We've got the the one the the what is it the the face one, the Britney Spears one, and then he was like, do you um, want that one?' And I said, "No, can we do a handheld mic?' And then I, I, I and then he was like, "Well, it's got a cord on it," and I said even better because it makes me feel like I'm a stand-up comedian uh, on the stage. And I was like, what is this? What kind of a church is this? This is amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, praise God. So I'm so excited. Um, I have to, again, I have to warn you, I am a little bit loud. I will, I will shout, and that's just because I'm Mexican, and that is what we do. You can laugh at that. It's okay. People are like, can I laugh at that? That's... Uh... You can, um, but uh, so such a special moment to be here. I've, like I said, I've known Benji for over 15 years, and uh, I met him at Life Pacific College years ago. I was a high school student uh, going to the college for a preview day, and um, I, me and my friend had stayed in his dorm room, and he was just this like punk college student who played guitar, and he was from San Diego, and he's like, yeah, man, totally, like, just hang out, and he was that guy, and um, me and my friend were, like, lightsabering, uh, you know, in the room. It was just sad, you know. God's done a lot, um, but uh, such a cool thing to see friends succeed, you know. Um, he was a youth pastor, and um, obviously, it's, it's just awesome to see what God's doing in this church. And just, it's not even been a year. Can you imagine what God's going to do in this new year? It's just amazing. I know that there's a transition. There's like a merging of churches. I just think that God's going to uh, unite based on who Jesus is, not based on your background, your pedigree. It, it doesn't matter, man. We're here because of Jesus. And if you are looking for a church, I believe
this is your church. Get planted, serve, give, uh, be a part of it, man. Don't just be a spectator, be a participator in what God is doing. And what's so cool, too, is my parents are here. I'll get to the message. Just calm down, okay? <laughs> just calm down. We'll be out of here in 25 minutes, all right? 30, an hour, okay. Um, but uh, my parents are here, and they drove down from L.A. My parents have been pastors. You guys can wave to everybody right there. And um, they've been pastors for, actually, four square pastors for over 30 years. And they uh, pastor a Spanish church in South El Monte. Been there for a very, very long time. And uh, my sister and my brother-in-law have been attending this church since June, I believe it is. And so you guys could sort of wave as well. They're right there. Um, they always, yeah, you clap. People are like, okay, all right, we'll clap for them. Um, but, uh, you know, it was so cool because when they moved down here, uh, they got married in April, moved down here in, in June, I believe it was. And, and my sister's like, hey, can you give us a good church to go to in San Diego? And I was like, yeah, um, uh, Light, it's the only church I knew in San Diego. And they came here. They had like a list, like, all right, we're going to visit this church and this church. And they came here, and they never really visited another church. And so I think that's really cool. It's a testament to you beautiful people who've welcomed them in, even though you probably don't know who they are. Um, but uh, it's a great environment. Thank you for uh, taking care of them. It's really cool. And so um, I've been in Vegas for five years. I've been in ministry for 13 years uh, in Louisiana, in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, all in youth ministry doing some different things now, uh, which I, I'll share a little bit in that in the message. But uh, I want to get to the word tonight. I really, I'm so excited to share this. Very few times do I get to share a message that is so, um, so important in my own life and so applicable in my life. It's not just something I'm preaching to you. It's something I am attempting by the grace of God to live in my own life. I don't always get it right, but I'm attempting uh, to do this. And so I want to read... Um, a scripture out of uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and I want to get into this. I'm so excited for a TV on the stage. This is cool. I get to point at it like we're in a classroom. This is fun. This is a good, good night. All right, tough crowd. Uh, Proverbs 4, 23. Get to the message, Dan. All right. Above all else, <laughs> above all else, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. I want to preach a message tonight in these uh, 15 minutes we have together, a message I've titled, Pace Yourself. Pace Yourself. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the pace at which we are living our life. And it's so interesting that Pastor Benji is starting a series next week on Sabbath, on rest. And in a moment, in a season, in a lifestyle, a culture that seems restless, we need to, to do uh, life in the pattern and rhythm that I believe God has set for us. There's a rhythm in life. There's a pace in life that we've got to pause in life and we've got to enjoy and take what is around us, enjoy this moment and not just look forward to what's coming. And I believe that next series is going to be uh, an incredible one. I think this is going to kind of set it up for you. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Would you pray with me and speak uh, this, this uh, night? Jesus, would you help us uh, tonight to... Not just hear the word, but apply your word. 
Um, Lord, I, I pray that this would be like we were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, Lord, that you would so supernaturally by what you do through your word, Lord, would you help us to hear this in our life right where we are today. Lord, do what you want to do. I thank you for this incredible church that, God, the best is still to come. Thank you that you are building your church. And as your word says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I do appreciate some response. No pressure, you know. But it does help the preacher feel like he's preaching better when you laugh and you respond. So, all right. It's okay, Dan. Just keep going. Keep going. Um, I've lived in Vegas for five years. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun. I live, I've lived in Vegas for five years now, and it's so funny to me. Um, Vegas is so hot, if you didn't know this. During the summertime, it's 115 degrees outside, and then you go into your car, and it's 120 degrees. I don't know how that happens, but you open it, and it's like a backdraft, like just like... Pfft, and you get in your car, and you gotta blast the AC, and like it's just it. But it's beautiful, you know. It's just great. I love Vegas. It's a great thing. One of the things that annoys me though uh, is the, it's the complaining. Like it's it's the constant. It's hot. It's so hot. It's why it's so, I'm like if it's so hot, move to San Diego where it's perfect all the time. And everyone seems to be like models out here and like you just like drive Teslas and I'm like, what's going on? San Diego is the place to be. It is the promised land, okay? And you live here, but your baseball team sucks. Anyways, um, Dodgers all the way, except you know, and like, we don't want to get into that, but in Vegas, you know, just, it's, it's hot. It's hot. Everyone's hot. They're complaining. They're posting it on Instagram with the number, the temperature. Yes, we get it. It's hot. With the frying egg. And it's, yes, it's hot. And everyone's complaining. It's so hot. It's so hot. It's so hot in Vegas. And you won't believe it, friends. But right now in Vegas, it's like in the 70s. And at night, it's like 62. And you will not believe what people have started to say. It's too cold. I mean, there's just no winning. But isn't it funny that that's kind of how we live life? We, we, we're, we're always complaining. It seems like, I don't want to make generalizations, but it would seem like we're always complaining about the season we're in. We're so good at looking what's not right, at looking at what's not right in the season that we're in, of what we do not have, of where we where we are not, and it's it's just too hot. I'm I'm just I, I can't deal with this. It's aren't we so good at not living where we are right now? We're so good at like, you know what? No, once it gets cooler, it's going to be so much better. <laughs> Guess what? It's nice and cool, but your life is not better. Maybe it's not the weather. Maybe it's just your life that's terrible. <laughs> Maybe it's your decisions. Maybe it's your decisions. 
what is this? What kind of a life is this? It's the mic. It makes me turn into Jerry Seinfeld. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the deal with church? I'm so, I'm so. I was joking earlier about like doing a bit about like, what? what's the deal with 1 John, 2 John, 3 John? There's so many Johns. There should just be one John. Put them together. Anyways. But we're constantly, church joke, but we're constantly looking ahead. Have you ever found yourself going, I'll be happy once I fill in the blank? Oh, oh, when I'm telling it took me nine years to graduate Bible college, praise the Lord. I'm not very smart, but I do not quit. And I, I'm telling you, I was like, come on, Lord. Come on, we can do this. Oh, yeah. Once I graduate, I will be in this seventh heaven revelatory experience of a pastor and now I will preach at a level of and I got my diploma and nothing changed and I felt like that's that's kind of how I live my life how we live life oh once I graduate high school well you graduate high school and now you got new problems well once I graduate college and then you graduate college and now you got new problems plus loans you know like like, well, once I get married, and, and then you get married, and it's just, it's not that marriage is the, the problem, but, like, I, I, I have a lot of married friends, and they're like, dude, I love it. Love my wife. She's great. Love you. You're great. But, you know, just take your time, Dan. <laughs> take your time. Just, you know, in the Lord's time, man. But I love them. <laughs> love my wife. But, dude, you... Take your time. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> and, I, and what they're implying essentially is like, oftentimes they didn't enjoy the single season. I mean, I am milking this single season for every last drop I've gotten this daggum thing. I'll tell you what. Right now, I'm just like, come on, one more drop. We got to, you know, I'm just, I'm living life. Some of us were waiting on things to align to do what God's called us to do. Well, once I've got this in order, no, now's the time. We've got today. I got, look, I don't have everything I want in life. I don't, I'm not where I want to be in life. I don't have the money in the bank that I want in life. But that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy this moment. I can enjoy life. And it's not just about moving ahead. It's not just about going there faster. Did you know that God is not just interested in getting you to your destiny and your quote-unquote promised land the fastest way. It's not just about the fastest. God is doing something on the inside. He's developing a level of character and integrity. He's developing your faith. God is doing something in the process. One of the most frustrating scriptures in the Bible it's when God says, he delights to see a joy begin. What? You mean he doesn't like when the big ribbon's cut and the thing and the, 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 the big scissors? No. God's like, I like when something starts. God loves a process. God is in the process. And my question to you tonight is this. How fast, or let me say it this way. What is your pace in God's process? Because I think that we are 
trying to, and I think this series that's coming up next week is so important, but, but we're trying to go too fast. And oftentimes, we're also making the mistake of going a little bit too slow. I wrote this down, and I, 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 I was last night, and I, I wrote this down in my phone, and I wrote it down. But going too slow can be fear masked as wisdom. And going too fast can be desperation masked as faith. And it's like, you talk to these people like, well, I just, you know, I got to, you got to just really discern. And you got to, you know, brother, you got to just have the wisdom. Here's your thing. You're too young. You don't have wisdom. You got to make sure all the, well, no, I think you're just scared to take a step. And then you have the people who are just like jumping off and they're like, no, it's faith. And it's no, you're just in a desperate, anxious place and you're making a decision based on desperation and fear and not faith. My question tonight very simply is what is your pace right now? A few years ago, and why this scripture is so, so important for me, is December 1st of 2014, I believe it was, I woke up on a Monday morning and I had a heart attack. At 27 years old, it was the craziest experience. I spent a week in the hospital and, and by golly, church, I'll tell you what, I re it I'll tell you what, I like when they add the H in there, what? I'll tell you what. I realize, now again, I'm not the sharpest, you know, whatever in the whatever, but, um, <laughs> but I, I realized something is that um, the heart is really important. I came all the way from L.A. to, La to, Vegas, to, from Vegas to L.A. to here to tell you that. The heart is important. And I realized that the heart is really something about the heart that the heart has a rhythm, doesn't it? In fact, when there is an offbeat, they call that a heart arrhythmia where that can actually create a lot of issues in your body. Oxygen not getting to parts, you know, and, and the thing not going to the things, you know. But heart, I'm laughing because my brother-in-law is a doctor, and he's just like, this guy. Just stick to pastoring, okay, let me be the doctor. But, uh, but the heart, Chad, am I right? The heart is important. See, doctor verified. Well, he did, I did study. The heart is so important. The heart can affect your life. And I started looking at this scripture a little bit differently. I said, okay, if the heart is sort of this rhythm, this pace, this pattern, right? This sort of beat, a heart beat. Whoa, like that's crazy. Like it's a, there's a heartbeat. There's a rhythm to it. Sometimes I'm telling you, as I'm preaching, I try to find a rhythm in the sermon. Oftentimes, I don't, like, the, one of the things I, I tell people, like, I felt like I couldn't catch the rhythm in the sermon. There's something about rhythm. There's something about, like, a pace. There's something, when I used to run cross country, you got to find your pace in order to go the distance. There's a pace in life. And I think some of the issues that we face in our life is because we're not 
not in God's pace. We are establishing our own tempo, our own pace, our own rhythm, our own beat, and it's getting our lives out of whack. Watch this. Can we read this in a different way? Like, above all else, guard your pace. Guard the rhythm because everything you do flows from it. I think you could, you could actually make the argument, above all, guard the pace at which you live your life because everything. Now, I studied that word in the Greek and in the Hebrew um, and in Spanish, and it means everything. Um, <laughs> everything you do flows from pace. So, what's your pace? Are you going too fast? Are you, are you, what's, how fast are you living your life? Ferris Bueller's Day Off, man. Sometimes you just got to stop. And whatever the quote is, you know, and s smell the coffee beans. All right. You know, I love, I love church, and I love church people. I do. I really do. And I love, I love, I have to, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. We quote this scripture all the time. We're like, oh, you know what happened was you didn't guard your heart. People in relationships were like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Young man, man of God, here's what happened was you didn't. Guard your heart. That's why you got heartbroken because your heart's all out in the open. You didn't guard your heart. I, lo I love this scripture because it's like, above all else, guard your heart. Woo! Yes! Amazing! I love this scripture. Get it tattooed on me. But the fact is, this scripture doesn't tell us the most important thing. How? We're like, yeah, above all else, God's heart for it affects everything you do. Woo! Wait a second. How do I do that? Now, I think the answer is in the statement. It's the heart. It's what are you doing to guard the pace of your life? Because it will affect everything you do. I started thinking about the heart. Heart is one of the most prominent themes in Scripture. Heart is found from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Heart is so significant. And one of the most prominent figures in the Bible in the Old Testament is a guy named David. And he was the guy that the Bible actually tells us he was a man after God's own Heart. Now, it's, I don't think it's coincidence that David was also a musician. I think David sort of understood a little bit of this rhythm. The Psalms are actually songs that David writes. There's a rhythm to it. There's, there's this pace of life that I almost see David, despite sin, despite the opposition, that David seemed to have tapped into a pace of life where nothing affected him. I'm tired. Can I just be honest? I'm tired of living a Christianity where everything throws me off. I'm like, I'm tired of living. I got a flat tire. I guess God's not with me. I guess God's mad at me. And like, it's like, really? Is that really the thing 
that's going to throw me off. And there seems to be this level of faith in Jesus, this pace of life that David tapped into that it almost he almost seemed unfazed by what happened in his life. I mean, he was being chased by Saul. He was living in caves. He was running for his life. And yet he's saying, oh God, I worship you. Oh, I will praise the Lord with all my soul. David, man, he just seemed to find a pace of life. And if we're looking at this scripture, we'll guard your heart. Well, who, I felt like, I was looking at scripture, who kind of demonstrated this, who guarded their heart, their pace of life in such a way that everything they did was successful. Everything they did was flowing in a positive, godly, life-giving way, and it's David. And in David's most famous psalm, I think he gives us the answer of how we are to guard our hearts, our pace of life. Amen. Praise God. See? Psalm chapter 23. Watch this. I want to read this. And I want us to consider as I put on my glasses because I'm 31. Praise the Lord. Well, I just want to some stuff. Um, all right. Tough crowd still. Okay. Psalms 23. I want us to examine Psalms 23. And I want, I'm going to give you just a few points and then Benji's going to come up here. He's going to play some guitar tune, and then I'm going to dismiss, and I'm going to pray for you, and then that's going to, we're going to call it a night. But I want us to look at this text with the perspective or the emphasis being movement, like pace, okay? So, so I want to, like, you're, we're looking for action words in this, in this scripture. I'm going to start with the first part, the Lord is my shepherd. I know I don't want to insult your intelligence. You are all Jesus lovers, and you're like, huh, I know Psalms 23 like the back of my hand. It's a, it, that is a memorized scripture. This is a beautiful scripture, but I want us to consider this through the lens of pace. David now, what I believe is establishing for us a pace of life that will create success in our life. Watch this. The Lord is my shepherd. Stop right there. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, brothers and sisters, friends, children, anyone, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, whoever you are today, listen to me. David establishes at the start the most important fundamental idea in our life with Jesus in establishing a pace. He lets us know, the Lord is my shepherd. What is he saying? I, this is such a deep revelation. Shepherds lead and guide sheep. Whoa. I mean, I know. Powerful. Profound. I mean, have you ever heard anything more profound? Shepherds lead and guide the sheep. David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Is, is God leading your life or are you leading your life? Let me say it this way. Are you setting the tempo for your life or is God setting the tempo for your life? 
Because I know and we've all been in those moments where we find ourselves in situations that are not so favorable and we find that these situations are just really not good and we are so good at blaming God and going, wow, Lord, thank you for leading me here. I appreciate it. Wow, everything is horrible now. And God's like, no, I wanted to lead you over here, but you decided to be the shepherd of your own life. And so you took the reins, you took the wheel, and now look at what you're doing. And we're so good at blaming God, but the fact is we've got to start here to say, God, be the shepherd of my life. God is leading my life. I'm not leading my life. I'm not smart enough to lead my life. Trust me, I've wanted to. I have attempted to. And all of a sudden, I had the spirit of whoever her name is, Jesus, take the wheel, spirit. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. You take the wheel. Who's the... Carrie Underwood, spirit. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. And how many moments in life have we found ourselves in those moments? We say, you know what, God, um, this, uh, it, I, I, okay, you know, I try to do it my way. God, it's your way. And David establishes for us at the start, the Lord is my shepherd. He's guiding me. He's leading me. I'm not guiding my own life. He's leading me. He says, I lack nothing. He makes me, again, we're looking for pace. We're looking for action. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. Makes me. I mean, that, that implies that David is saying, I, I, I don't want to. And God's like, get down. No, I, I don't want to. I want to keep going. I want to go over there. I want to go over there, Lord. Let me go. And he's saying, no, 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 no. He leads me. He, uh, he, he makes me lie down. And if you, if you wouldn't understand this idea that shepherds, their job is to lead you to places, the green pastures, which are places for you to be nourished. I actually believe that there's a pace in life that you can walk in with Jesus, that he will lead you to moments, to situations, to contexts, to spheres, to, to, to places that will nourish you. A, a, a nourished soul. He says he leads me besides quiet waters. That God, there's a pace, there's a rhythm that when God is the shepherd of my life, I'm, I'm nourished in my soul. Some of you think that you need a vacation. Well, I just got to get away. I just got to go to the beach. I just got to get, and it's like two seconds away, and it's fine. I'm not bitter at all. But some of you think, I just got to do a vacation. I got to get away. I need some rest. No, you need rest for your soul. Have you ever said that? Have you ever been that person? You go, you know, I just, I feel like I'm overwhelmed with life. I feel like things are just not going my way. I'm just going to sleep all day. And you sleep all day and you sleep for a couple days and you get the food you want and you get the ice cream and you get the chocolate and all the stuff that you do and you don't feel better. There is a rest. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest, not just any rest, a rest for your soul. There's a rest in our soul. There's a, there's a level 
with Jesus that he reaches our soul. And a pace with God when he's leading my life will lead me to places that I'm nourished on the inside. I'm fulfilled on the inside. He leads me beside quiet waters that God is guiding my life. I'm aware of the shepherd in my life. God, where are you going? I, I, I sense your pain. I sense a slowing down. I sense a speeding up. I don't want to miss this moment, God. What are you doing? And watch this. He guides me along the right paths. Now, again, it took me nine years to graduate Bible college. And I'm going to give you nine years of Bible college in, in just a few statements right here. Are you ready? One person. Thank you. I appreciate it. One person is ready. I'm sweating up here, by the way. Okay. And I'm wrapping light. Look at this. Pick it up in the back, $55 just for you. How much are they? 55 just for you. Special deal. Special this night only, $55. Okay. In Bible college, they let us know this. It's the idea of the law of antithesis. That if, if he's saying there's a right path, then that means that there's a wrong path. And so... Implicitly, he's actually letting us know that a pace with God will lead me into the right paths. It almost just seems like unforced. Like, I don't have to, like, I, I said this to the first service, I'm going to say it again. But, but me and some pastor friends have a joke about Pastor Benji Horning and his beautiful family. But, like, we... Because he, it's almost, he's like, almost like too good to be true. Like, okay, dude, like, sin once in a while. You know, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Wow. All right. Sorry, I'm not in Vegas. Um, but uh, here's the thing about Vegas is that we don't hide it. Anyways, um, but, uh, but the, so Benji, he's just so, we have this thing where we go, hey, on a scale from zero to Benji Horning, where are you, okay? <laughs> no joke, we have this real talk, like, dude, on a scale of zero to Benji Horning, like, how great is your church right now? I'm not quite at Benji Horning, maybe right, <laughs> right in the middle there. I'm almost going to say the name that we use for the first zero, but I'm not going to go there because I'm on stage. I won't be a man of God, man of spirit, okay? But... It's just, it's so frustrating seeing people like Benji Horning and like Jen and like where it's just like, it almost seems like it's just like too easy. You're like, oh, you're going to plant a church. When he told me, he's like, dude, we're planting a church. So excited. I was like, good luck. Whoo, that is going to be hard work, man. My gosh. Good luck with that, San Diego. Pff, my gosh, that is going to be tough. I mean, there are churches I know in San Diego that after like 25 years still don't have their own building. And so then like a couple months go by and he's like, dude, the church is going great. Like we're getting some great people. And then I visit a few months ago and we're having coffee right up here. And he's like, hey, I want to show you the church we got. I was like, what are you talking about, the church you got? He's like, yeah, no, we, we like got a church. How? Did you steal it? You can't steal a church. It's the one thing you can't steal. And he's like, no, it's like a transition, and they're sort of, and I'm like, 
And he's like, yeah, like people are giving to remodel. And it's like free, whatever. And I'm like, forget you, man. Forget you, Benji Horning. And it almost just seems like, and I, I'm telling you, I love being around him and Jen because I never feel this sense of rush. I never feel like, oh, we, I got the schedules and the kids and the thing. It's just like this, like, pace. And, and, and I think this is so true. I've seen it in his life. I've seen it in my parents' life. I've seen it not in my life. Praise God. But, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> he guides me along the right paths. I think that some of us in this room, you're on the verge of making some big life decisions. And I would just say this. I would caution you, listen to God in this moment. Don't try to go too fast. And don't be scared to take a step when God does speak. You got to trust that the pace at which God is guiding me in is going to lead me in the right direction, the right path. Goes on, and it says, even though I walk, even though I walk, I, this, this so much of Scripture bothers me it, because it, it's, it's unsettling because I would not have said this. I would have said, even though I run, I'm, I am, if there's a dark valley and there's evil, guess what? I'm going to run. And this bothers me. We read this, we're like, oh, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I, I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm looking at this word, walk. Bro, run. Get out of there. Get out. Like, even though I walk, David understood something, that if God is guiding my pace, even when the pace is a walking pace, he's with me in my pace. I don't need to run because God's with me in the darkest valley. And I, I, I've shared this before, and I, but, but this year was this, this right here. I mean, a, a year ago, and I, it's an amazing story. My dad got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, in his throat, and God healed him, and it was an amazing, amazing testimony. He's preaching again. It, it's amazing, amazing what God did. It was, yeah, you can clap. That's a good place to actually clap. Come on. And those are the moments that I'm like, let's, let's run through this. God's like, no, 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 walk. Well, this doesn't make sense. No, 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 because I'm with you. It, you're, you're, you, it's not just getting out of this. I wish that I could have just like, had the click remote, you know, Adam Sandler, and been like, come on, Christopher Walken, where you at? Like, track a trait, smell my feet. You know, like, I, w I wish that I could do a Christopher Walken. I've been working on it. But anyways, all right, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Last time I'm preaching here, okay? Hardest season of my life, a friend months, a few months ago, he'd been diagnosed and been battling cancer for over three years. He's 29 years old, and a few days before he had passed, his family had called me in Vegas. He said, hey, will you come to LA um, and be with him? And so they said that the hospice doctor said he has two days. And I sat with him. 
I mean, you talk about like, I don't want to be here. This is the most uncomfortable, painful situation. He can't talk. He's in this state of life that it, it's uh, heartbreaking, seeing his family, siblings. And after five days, he passed. I saw him take his last breath. A week later, helped organize his funeral. And I'm telling you, this was a hard year. I don't know. For me personally, I was like, I would not want to do this year again. I'm, I'm so ready for 2019. But in it, I realized something that God, in the moments that I wanted to run out of the pain and run out of your process, oh man, I'm so glad that I just surrendered to your pace, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come on, somebody, help me preach tonight at Light Church in San Diego. I will fear no evil for you are with me when I walk. Whatever is going on in your life, I'm telling you tonight, surrender to the pace of God. You will feel his strength. You will sense his grace on your life. And it goes on. The scripture gets even better. It's amazing. Watch this. It goes on. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. It ends there. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I didn't say this in the last experience, but notice he prepares a table for you. That implies this idea that you've got to sit down to eat. And what I love about this is that he prepares a table for you in the presence of opposition, in the presence of your AKA haters. Okay? Like, I want to say this because I feel like there's someone in this place that you've been trying to gain promotion, you've been trying to manipulate your way into certain situations, God says, you know what, if you follow my pace, oh, I'm telling you, I've already got a table with your name on it, a seat with your name on it, in the presence of opposition, people opposing you does not mean that God will not promote you. Stop basing a decision, a moment in life right now, based on what they say. No, God is with you. If God is with you, who could be against you? Woo! Oh, bring it on, yeah. Bring on the haters. Go ahead. I'm just going to sit here and eat my gumbo and eat my crawfish etouffee and eat my ch chicken and waffles. And I'm going to eat all this food in the presence of my enemies. It's like, hey, guys, what's going on? How did you get here, uh, God? But, but we tried to, yeah, yeah, well, God's stronger than you. <laughs> oh, this chicken's good. Oh, he prepares a table. Watch this. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love, your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Now, I love this as I end here tonight. I love this because David, at the beginning, he lets us know the Lord is my shepherd. That means he's guiding me. And watch this. At the end, he goes, surely your goodness and love will follow me. So what does this tell us? Is that not only do I have God who's leading me, but I've got God who's behind me. 
I, I just, I, I really believe this, man. Like, I'm like preaching like I'm from San Diego now. I'm like, dude, like, you got to just, like, hear what I'm saying tonight, all right? And then after this, we're all going to go out to the beach. And, like, dude, we're going to, like, surf the waves, you know? Like, it's totally crazy. <laughs> Watch this. Not only do I have God who's leading me, but I've got God who's protecting me. And what, there's something about when you're living in the rhythm of God, the pace of God. Ooh, I just felt the anointing, see? I always feel like God's, like, outside during the service, and then he hears the piano. He's like, oh, I got I to gotta go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, shoot. I got, I got some work to do. I just heard the keyboards. I just heard the acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> I always, in life, I'm like, okay, God, I want to I follow your pace. And as I've done this, and I've seen this in my life, again, I'm preaching to you something. I am living right now, living proof that, God, I don't want to go too fast. I don't want to go too slow. God, you're my shepherd. Guide me, lead me. The moments of pause, the moments of surrender in this area, the moments where you're, it's, I'm, I'm in this pace. And I've noticed that there's been protection in my life, that God somehow, it's like, oh, somebody tried to, oh, I didn't even, I, I hear things after the fact. Did you know so? Did you know? No, I, I, I'm just trying to, trying to follow the pace of God. And, and there's something about his love and his goodness that protects me. I don't have to be live in fear and afraid of what people are going to do and say and fear of tragedy. I was like, no, I, 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 can, I can live and walk in peace because I'm, I'm in this pace with God. I'm in this rhythm. And the last thing. Oh, I love this, man. I love the scriptures. I didn't say this for the four o'clock. This is the special one. Watch this. And I will dwell, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in that pace. Hey, hey, pause in the house of God. There's, there's this pace, and, and you know, the older I get in my 31 years of life, in all this wisdom, it's a joke, wow. The older I get, the more I see people who've walked away from church because they've been hurt by church. They've been hurt by a pastor. They've been hurt by a, a worship experience, a, a, a denomination. They've been hurt. They walk away and, and they go, that's not really, I don't really believe in church anymore. There's something, there's something about a pace with Jesus that protects you from becoming cynical. It protects you from being hurt in church. I've been hurt, man. Pastors, leaders, people, all of that. That's all, count me in. Yes, I've been hurt. If anyone here has been victimized by the church, like raise your hand. <laughs> like, like that's, I've been, I've been hurt. But there's something about David that I see. If there was anyone that could have had this bitterness and resentment against God. Oh God, I've given you my life and I have my leader chasing me, trying to kill me. I've given you my life. I'm living in a cave 
like for years, running for my life. And if there's something that David never lost that I really believe God is reestablishing in the church today, a love and a value and a priority for the house of God. Oh man, and that's why I love this incredible community. That this is a place, and I, you know, Benji, and I, I didn't want to do this right now, but I, I, and where's Jen? She here or is she downstairs? She's, she left. I want to, I actually have a scripture for you that um, God gave me for this church and for you guys that I think goes really into this. And um, I want to say it was a prophetic word, but I, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm just a Mexican. People are like, oh, he's a prophet. No, I'm Mexican, man. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47, I've felt this for your church, that this is what your church, and guess what, it's not a building, man, you, you are the church, we, like this is the church, I felt this for you guys, and I felt like God confirmed this with the song that you were singing, come to the water, come to the river, I was like, oh snaps, God's speaking, (laughs) okay, Lord, watch this, I felt like this is a scripture for you guys as the leaders and, and you guys as the church. Because I'm really passionate for this. And it says this. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand. This is Ezekiel chapter 47. He measured off a, a thousand cubits and led through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led through the water that was waist deep. And measured off another thousand. And now the river was at a place that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked the son of man, do you see this? This is it, watch this. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Ereba, where it enters, watch this, the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. <laughs> watch this. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there. And makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Oh, man. I felt this for your church, Benji. Whew. I'm, I'm also a crier, and I'm an ugly crier. FYI. But I... This, <clears throat> every time I've, dang it, <laughs> every time I've gotten around this man and his, <sighs> dang it, I'm just going to write it, I'll text it to you. <laughs> Every time I've gone around this man and his family, I have felt they're like just this 
river that when life makes you a little salty, <laughs> you know, it's like around them you just leave refreshed. And I just feel this for your church, for your house, that, that God is bringing people that almost seems like hurt people, not just hurt people from living life without Jesus, but hurt people in the church that can come and it's like effortless and you're just like, ah, oh, I hate you. But I'm like the first worship at four o'clock, I'm like, oh shoot, there's, there's a dust from construction. Whew. And I just, but that's, I feel like the pace of your life, the pace of what you guys are building and have built, this church is the product not of 10 months, but of over 30 years of a life with Jesus in integrity, in, in obedience to him, in sacrifice, both, both public and personal. And this river, this church, the first time I visited, he was like, yeah, the beach is right there. You walk up and that's the beach. And I just feel like, man, this is so prophetic. You guys are a life-giving church that's going to bring life not only to people who don't know Jesus, but people who know Jesus but don't want anything to do with church. This is going to be a healing house and is a healing house. I mean, I've just been a guest a few times like with Benji and having coffee, but being at your church, I feel refreshed. And um, I want to pray for you, and we're done as <laughs> I went way, way over time. Um, but if you would close your eyes, bow your heads all over the room. I want to pray for you in this place. If you would say, you know what, I, I feel like today, man, I, <laughs> I need to start where David started. Like, Lord, be my shepherd. At this point in your life, you're saying, I've le been leading my life. I haven't been walking with Jesus. I've been doing things my way. And you would be honest today to just get real and say, Jesus, be the shepherd of my life. Holy Spirit, come on in. Jesus, I receive your salvation. If that's you all over the room, when I count to three, we had like three people in the first experience. And man, it could be one, it could be none tonight at the six o'clock. You say, you know what, I need to put my faith in Jesus, a.k.a. I need to make him my shepherd. I need him to lead my life because I've tried to do it my way and whoo hasn't turned out all that good. At the count of three, shoot your hand up, put it right back down. One, two, three. Thank you so much, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I see your hand, thank you. Thank you. Wait a few seconds, thank you, I see your hand, thank you. If you raise your, thank you, I see your hand. If you raise your hand, and even if you wish you would have, right now, can we all together, as a church community, put our hands on our heart, and I want us all to pray this prayer together. I want us to all say this, Say, Jesus, today I turn and I put my faith in you. I receive your free gift of salvation. Holy Spirit, come on in. Make me yours. From this day on, I'm yours. You are my shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you made that prayer, I believe right when we dismiss in a few moments, you can talk to somebody to get connected, be a part of community, be a part of a small group, see what God can do in this beautiful, beautiful church. Um, 
if you would stand, and I think Benji's going to do something. I, I just want, if you don't mind, I, I want to pray for you before we go. If you would stand up and um, pray for you, and I think we're going to dismiss in just a moment. Jesus, my prayer for us tonight on November 4th or 5th, whatever day it is, 2018, is that, Lord, if we feel like our pace has been off, if we've even said that, like, I, I feel off, I feel like I'm not in a rhythm, that, God, today you would put us reestablish a pace, a rhythm, a beat. And God, I pray that this year would end so much better than it started. That God, you're the God that turns things around. That you make all things work together for good. And God, I pray that even what the enemy has meant for evil this year, that God, you're turning it around. There's seven weeks left in this year and God, it's not over yet. God, I declare in the name of Jesus that our best days are still ahead. That, Lord, you're establishing and reestablishing a pace that's going to give us life, reinvigorated life. And, and God, a new pa passion, a new rhythm, God. Do the supernatural. <coughs> I thank you, God, for these moments together. I thank you for what's going to be produced in our life. I thank you, Lord, that this new series, it's going to be started. It's going to so set the tone and God set the tempo for this new season and this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.